Every box represents one child, and every child is important. Every gift is important. Uh, it's not how many boxes, but it's about giving out the boxes and making sure that the boxes we give out count, that we do it in Jesus' name. Welcome back to On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and today we're celebrating a huge milestone for the ministry. Since 1993, Operation Christmas Child has been collecting gift-filled shoeboxes and sending them to kids in need all over the world. And this year, we're collecting our 200 millionth shoebox. That, that number is so big, and it's hard to wrap our minds around. But what I love is that, yes, the number represents shoeboxes. But more importantly, it represents 200 million individual children who have received a shoebox and have heard the gospel. And for many of them, this is the first time that they've ever heard that God loves them. And that's why this milestone is so important. To celebrate, we wanted the world to come together to pack this shoebox. And Elizabeth Groff, whose life was changed when she received a shoebox, has been traveling the country to pack the 200 millionth shoebox. I caught up with her at the final stop of the countrywide tour. So you have been to all the processing centers, you've been around the country. Adding to this 200 millionth box, what what have been your favorite items that have been placed in here? That's going to be tough. I mean, we've been to Denver, Chicago, Nashville. Now we're here in Charlotte. I mean, so many different items have been put in there. But I think my favorite one is probably the tiara because this little girl is just going to feel so special when she gets it. She's going to feel like a princess, and she is. This box is special, and she is just so special. Elizabeth received her shoebox when she was a little girl living in an orphanage in Ukraine. And in January, she's going to be hand-delivering this special shoebox to a little girl in Ukraine. It's going to be a special full-circle moment. After a year of turmoil and conflict in the country, I know that this gift is going to make a huge impact. I just know that she's going to be so excited to receive this shoebox. Every single item that goes in that shoebox has been loved on and has been prayed about. So I'm just really looking forward to delivering that to her and really just sharing the hope that I once received in my shoebox. This box is so special because it's been prayed over and packed by all of you, our listeners, volunteers, prayer warriors, and supporters. I know that the volunteers and the shoebox packers, they're heart and soul of this ministry, and I can never thank them enough. Um, And this little girl is going to receive it. I'm just gonna tell her, you are so loved. I have been praying for you. All the volunteers and shoebox packers all over the country have been praying for you. By voting on social media, you've helped pack the items lovingly put in this milestone gift. And then, at the final event in Charlotte, North Carolina, Franklin Graham added the final item to the shoebox. One other little gift I'll put in here, and then that's a little yellow I asked him how he's seen God's faithfulness over the years. When we were discussing this about 25 years ago, after we'd been doing it for several years, you know, wouldn't it be something if we could do one day 10 million boxes? And God's allowed us to do that. And it's just something God has done. And the numbers are big, but we have to remember that every box represents one child. And every child is important. Every gift is important. Uh, It's not how many boxes, but it's about giving out the boxes and making sure that the boxes we give out count, that we do it in Jesus' name. It's incredible how God has allowed us to bless 200 million children 
with shoebox gifts and the good news of the gospel. But as Franklin shared, it's about the one. Elizabeth Groff uh, received a shoebox, and I was able to hear her testimony. So I was uh, born and raised in a southern part of Ukraine in a very small town called Tsurupinsk. Both of my parents were alcoholics. And when I was about one years old, my father was actually killed mm. in in an alcohol-related accident. And um, after his death, my mom just kind of went off the deep end. She couldn't deal with that loss. Um, so she turned to more drinking, and it just it got worse from there. Um, and then a few years down the road, she found out that she was pregnant with my little sister, Tanya. And after giving birth, she knew that she couldn't provide for us on her own. So she basically packed us up and moved us to live with our grandparents in a nearby village. But, you know, my mom's drinking really never stopped. In fact, over the years, it got much worse. And my grandparents were getting older and couldn't really take care of us. Um, So there's really no one looking after me and my sister. And so I kind of had to grow up and become the head of the household at a very young age. And so I was responsible, you know, for taking care of my sister, my grandparents, um, the cottage that we lived in, and of course, for putting food on our table, which mostly consisted of me going from cottage to cottage and begging for food, because at at that time I was just too young to work. Um, And then on top of that, my mom got pregnant again, and this time with my youngest sister, Ilona. Unfortunately, Ilona's life was very short-lived. She passed away when she was just seven months old. Um, And this is due to the fact that my mom, in her drunk state, fed her alcohol instead of milk. Wow. And so when that happened, it was kind of a wake-up call for me. You know, I realized that I needed to get my other sister, Tanya, out of there because I didn't know what was going to happen next. And I was afraid for her life and I wanted to give her a better life. Mm. And so I just decided that we would run away. Um, At this time, I was seven and she was four. Um, And so I just grabbed her by the hand. We got on the bus in our village and we left. And the bus dropped us off at a nearby city at the bus station. And um, as we were just hanging out the bus station, we got hungry. And so we started to collect empty bottles to um, trade those bottles in for money and then use that money to buy food. Mm -hmm. And so as we were doing that, the clerk at the nearby store called the police. And so the police came by, picked us up and took us to what we call a detention center. Mm. Um, It's not as scary as it sounds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At the detention center, our life was much, much better. We had food on our table and there were kids that we could play with and, you know, toys. Um, So things were looking up for us. But, you know, after about a year at the detention center, my sister's father was notified where she was. So she's my half sister. He showed up at the detention center and um, basically told me that, you know, I'm taking Tanya home with me, but I don't want you because you're not my daughter. Hmm. And so that was really difficult for me to hear because, you know, up to that point, Tanya was everything that I had left. She was my entire family. And, you know, I remember that day, like it was yesterday. Um, I remember sitting on the detention steps and watching my sister walk away with her father. She was holding his hand and she turned around and, you know, she waved goodbye at me and she just had a huge smile on her face. And all I could feel was heartbreak. Um, You know, but at the same time, I knew that that was the best that I could do for her. I knew that going home with her father was the best future I could give her. Mm. 
so selfless. I can't imagine the way that you had to grow up so so early and take on so so many responsibilities and then have the one that you cared for all those years the the one stability in your life you know be taken away and so i can't imagine just how sad and and just that you didn't have hope i actually just read isaiah 40 which is one of my favorite passages and verse 11 always comforts me it says he protects his flock like a shepherd he carries the lambs in his arms and carries them in the fold of his garment he gently leads those that are nursing and as a mom, I find such comfort that that God, he is our shepherd and he gently leads us. So, you know, I just am thankful for the provision that you were protected all those years. Um, but yet you didn't know the love of the father at that time. But I love the way that he protected and provided even when you didn't know he was. So maybe share where did you go next and, and kind of what was what was your emotional state at that time? I was just feeling defeated. I was feeling hopeless, like you said. Um, I kind of lost my purpose in life, um, even at that young age, because my whole purpose was to provide and to protect my sister. And once she was taken away from me, I kind of lost that purpose. I officially became an orphan because, you know, my father was dead and my mother gave up her parental rights at that mm -hmm. time. So I was transferred from that detention center to an actual orphanage. And this was uh, one of the better orphanages in Ukraine. And I thank God for that. We had social clubs that we could join. They taught us how to sew. They taught us how to cook. Um, we could participate in sports. But, um, you know, I still didn't have that purpose. I was still so hopeless. I was still so lost. And at the orphanage, one of the things that we had to do as a group is attend church every Sunday. Um, and this was an Orthodox church. So for a little girl like me, I didn't find it very exciting, but even at that time, you know, I started praying on my own. I knew that there was a God, but I didn't have a personal relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And even at that young age, you know, without knowing who he really is, I was crying out to him and just asking him, you know, what is the purpose of my life? Why am I here? Is there any hope? Is there a future? So I just, you know, just as a little girl, not knowing where to go, what to do, losing all hope and just kind of feeling like I hit rock bottom. So you, you were taken care of, you know, you, it sounds like it was as good as it could be in an institution. Um, but there's still, I think, missing components of, of love and acceptance. And so you hear about God, uh, but I'm sure, like you said, it's different when you, when you know about him and when you truly know and accept him as your savior. So can you talk to me about when and how the shoebox came into your life? Yeah, so the shoebox, um, it was really an answer to my prayer. Um, like I said, I was crying out to a God that I didn't really know. And I needed, you know, a sign from him that he is real, that he is here. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I was 10 years old, that's when Operation Christmas Child came to my orphanage. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember the orphanage director calling me and my group of uh, classmates, group of children into a small room. And she told us that we were going to receive gifts from people that wanted us to know how much God loves us. And, you know, that was really hard for me to believe. You know, I thought, why would anyone care for an orphan? And so when they presented the gospel to us and they gave the shoeboxes, and I just remember being so excited to open that shoebox because that was the first gift that I had ever received. 
Hmm. And then finally I got to open my shoebox and there was so much, so much stuff in there. I mean, it was full. Um, but my favorite item was a yellow yo-yo. I was just really excited to have something of my own. And I really couldn't believe that, you know, some stranger somewhere in the world packed that shoebox just for me. Um, but more importantly, as I said, it was an answer to my prayer. And that day I realized, you know, I'm not alone. God is with me. This, you know, this is, this is the sign that I have been asking for. Um, this special yo-yo was a beacon of hope. It represented hope to me, a, you know, hope of better things to come, hope that everything is going to be okay. Um, and on that day, I realized that God is not going to leave me all alone, broken and hopeless, but instead that he's going to come beside me and be my family, which is what I, what I really wanted in that time. Um, you know, and he used that shoebox to say, you are not an orphan. You are my daughter. That is incredible. And, you know, prayerfully, we are hoping to collect the 200 million box this year, which is huge. Um, I mean, it's just amazing what God has done through the faithfulness of people over the years. Um, and so we want to celebrate that. But I love hearing your story because it shows just the the importance of each one, you know, and, and I know every shoebox is different. It's it's like a, our fingerprints, you know, they're unique. Uh, they're different. And, you know, each person is different. You are all created by God and you are his masterpiece, you know, created to do good works um, in Christ Jesus. And, and I believe that he sees each one that gets these boxes. Um, and so, Maybe just even, can you just expound on that? I just want to tell people how important these boxes truly are. How did God use that box and that gift to open your heart to him? Yeah. Um, well, as you know, as an orphan, one of the things is we don't have, a, we didn't have a lot of toys in an orphanage. We didn't have, there was very little for us to play with and we had to share everything with other kids. Um, so when Operation Christmas Child showed up and gave this, shoebox to me and it was just for me and there was literally nothing that i had to do to receive that gift mm -hmm. um it was overwhelming i i i can't even tell you how excited i was mm -hmm. about that gift i didn't have to do anything for it i didn't have to share it with anyone i was really excited i had been praying for god to give me a sign mm -hmm. give me a sign that you are real um and, you know, when OCC came to our orphanage and I received that shoebox, it was, that shoebox was an expression of his love to me in such a tangible way, in such a physical way, something I could touch, something I could feel. Um, and, you know, in that moment, I realized, oh my gosh, you know, he is real. Mm -hmm. There is a God and he loves me and he cares for me. He used that shoebox to kind of plant a, uh, a seed of hope in my heart um, and start started to kind of replace that bitterness and that abandonment with hope. Even talking about it right now, I get emotional because it was such a special moment for me. And he just, you know, just through that shoebox, he just showed me how much he loved me and that, you know, I wasn't alone. I think that was the biggest thing because losing my entire family to alcoholism and then being separated from my sister I just wanted to feel like I belong somewhere, like someone loved me. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, through that shoebox, God showed me, yes, I love you. I am here. I've never abandoned you. I'm never going to leave you. Uh, that is so powerful. And, and so 
I know a little bit about your story and coming to the United States, but how much longer were you in the orphanage and what was the next, you know, couple of years like for you after receiving the shoebox? Um, it was not my circumstances that changed right away because it was mm-hmm. about three years before I was adopted. So I received my shoebox when I was 10 and then I was adopted at the age of 13. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my heart that changed. Mm-hmm. I had this renewed hope in Jesus that, you know, everything's going to be okay. I just remember praying every night mm-hmm. and just knowing, not just even hoping, just knowing that my time will come. Everything's going to be okay. I was renewed. And then when I turned 11, the orphanage choir that I was on, we actually traveled to United States for two weeks. That was hosted by uh, a family from Virginia. And while I was with this family, you know, one of the things that I remember is that I just fit in so well with this family. It just felt like that family was meant for me. Um, And on our last few days, in the U.S., we were all on the way uh, home from one of my choir events, and I had fallen asleep in the back seat of the car. And so, you know, everyone went into the house, and my dad decided to stay with me in the car just to let me sleep because I was so tired after our event. And as he was sitting there in the front seat, and you know, he turned around to look back at me, he heard God say to him, "She mm-hmm. is your daughter." And my host father was shocked um, because, you know, they had already adopted a little girl from Ukraine three years prior, and they had no plans to go back to Ukraine. He told my host mother what had happened, and, you know, they decided to answer God's call. And so they sat me down the day before I left, and they asked me if I wanted to be adopted. And, of course, I said yes. (laughs) Um. And so they started the adoption process, which took two years altogether, during which time I had to go back to the orphanage and wait for them there. And then finally, at the age of 13, they were able to bring me home to the U.S. Wow. Wow. And I mean, what I'm crying over here, this is such a powerful (laughs) story. And as you mentioned, you've been through so much um, abandonment, rejection, but now love, you know, a family that loves you and has shown you the love of God. Um, and so now, you know, then let's fast forward. How and when did you find out about shoeboxes and that you you could then be a part of packing and sending in the future? Yeah. So after my adoption, my parents were attending church. Um, our church was packing shoeboxes. And I remember we grabbed a few from our church and um, we were at the store just going to get items. And it was like a light bulb went off in my head. It mm-hmm. was like, oh my gosh, wait, I received one of these shoe boxes. Um, and so I told my mom about the experience and, you know, how much hope that gift had brought me and how it changed my life. And so, you know, we wanted to pack more as a family. And so we just started as, you know, two shoe boxes and it, the next year grew into over a hundred, then over 200. And it kind of every year would set a goal and would surpass that goal. And all we had to do was just ask our community to participate and to help us. And, you know, over the years we have packed over 8,000 shoe boxes. We, we love the ministry because, you wow. know, as someone who's received a shoe box, I know what it feels like. They're not just mm-hmm. boxes full of toys. You know, these are gospel opportunities, truly. When kids receive these shoeboxes, 
they experience the love and hope of Jesus the way that I did. And for many of them, that's for the first time. That is incredible. I love that. And I'm so grateful that you share your story because I think for many of us who don't get to see the other end or don't get to pass out shoeboxes, it just makes it more deeper and more intimate when you hear someone from the receiving end, you know, just the impact that it has. And I think it helps people to pack more intentionally, pray more intentionally. Your story is so powerful and there's so many things that have encouraged me today. And so I guess as we come into the season and I know you get to be a part of the 200 million, you know, it's not about numbers. It's just about God's faithfulness and the way he has grown this ministry uh, beyond what we could have ever asked or imagined. And so what is it like to be a part of, you know, the 200th million tour and what has God showed you through all of this? I am still processing. The fact that, you know, I get to be part of this amazing ministry. I mean, to receive a shoebox and then come full circle and be able to serve through this ministry. I can say that we serve a faithful God. Like you said, it's not about the number. It's about it's about children th- mm-hmm. that were reached with the gospel. And I was one of those children mm-hmm. receiving my shoebox when I was 10. And the impact that it had in my life. Um, whenever I share my testimony, people always ask, you know, why are you still talking about this gift? This happened 18 mm-hmm. years ago when you received your shoebox. And I say, well, because Operation Christmas Shot shoeboxes are not just shoeboxes. You have to understand this. These are gospel opportunities, right? I'm just so thankful to be part of this 200 millionth mm-hmm. um, milestone and just to be able to serve through this ministry on the other side because Operation Christmas Shot is part of my story the story that god has put on my heart you know so when people ask me where are you from tell me about yourself i can't share my Mm -hmm. life without talking about operation christmas child (laughs) hundreds of thousands of shoebox gifts will be going to elizabeth's home country of ukraine this year including the symbolic 200 millionth shoebox that elizabeth will hand deliver i asked her how we could pray for the shoeboxes headed to ukraine how, as we close, how are you praying and how can we be praying for this shoebox season, but especially for the people in Ukraine that will be receiving shoeboxes? I think we have to remember that even in the midst of chaos and everything that's going on in Ukraine, God is in control, mm-hmm. right? That is just so important to remember. And I'm, and I'm reminded of that every single day. And I think this year, especially because, you know, right before the war started, I was reunited with my sister. In the midst of chaos, everything that's going on in Ukraine, God is working. He is moving mountains. And he did that for me uh, mm-hmm. this year. And so as these shoeboxes go out to Ukraine, you know, my heart goes out to the children that are mm-hmm. in the middle of this. You know, they are suffering. They are being broken. They are being orphaned. Um, and they need hope now more than ever. Right? They need love now more than ever. I pray that when they receive these shoeboxes, that they realize that, you know, they are not alone, that there are people on this other side that are thinking of them, that are praying for them, and that there's a big God that loves them. Amen. Um, Thank you so much. How sweet of God to reunite you, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, But thank you so much for sharing your story and just allowing us, I think, more personal ways to pray and to know that these shoe boxes, you know, it's, they're not numbers to the masses. They are 
going after the one. You know, I think that is what Jesus did. You know, it says he left the 99 to go after the one. Yes. You know, his heart yes. is always for the one and he sees each one. And so I'm praying that each child feels that love and that he they know that he sees them and he intentionally got that box into their hands because it has something in it that they've prayed and longed for. Part of making each child feel seen and loved is personalizing your shoebox gift. We always encourage shoebox packers to include a note or a photo so that each child knows who packed their shoebox. To close, I asked Elizabeth to read the letter that she included in the 200 millionth shoebox. Dear Shoebox recipient, my name is Elizabeth and I am Ukrainian just like you. When I was about your age, I received my own shoebox gift. My gift came at a time when I felt very alone, but it brought me so much joy and so much hope. I hope your shoebox gift brings you hope and joy. It was created especially for you. I hope that every time you see it, you are reminded that you are loved. No matter what happens in life, no matter how difficult or beautiful the journey is, know that you are not alone. There is a God who loves you and who wants to know you intimately. There is life and hope in Jesus Christ if you give your heart to him. I have been praying for you. People around the world have been praying for you, that you would know just how loved you are. This is a very special gift, just like you. With much love, Elizabeth. I hope you'll join us in praying for each child who receives a shoebox gift this year. Pray that they experience God's love and that they come to know the greatest gift, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope that you were able to pack a shoebox gift this year, but if you didn't, I want you to know that you can still get involved. On our website, you can still pack a box online. It will go to a child just like Elizabeth. And as we learn today, you never know the power of a simple gift. When you build the box online, you can select the items that go inside, and you can even personalize it with a photo and a letter just like Elizabeth's. We'll include the link in our show notes. And if today's episode blessed you, would you please share it with a friend? Um... I know that I'm always encouraged when I hear testimonies of God's faithfulness, and we want to continue to spread stories like Elizabeth's to our friends and family and neighbors. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you have a Merry Christmas.